This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike him, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented by BetOnline.ag, where you can get a 50% welcome bonus by using the promo code PODCAST1, 50%, pretty awesome. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, Bunch of podcasts. Check me out at Ross Tucker NFL. He, though, is the real star of the show. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Waldman. He is the owner, proprietor, I guess that's the same thing, of the rookie scouting portfolio, which NFL teams purchase and which you can get at MattWaldmanRSP.com. Good morning, Matt. Good to talk with you as always. Hey, good morning, Ross. You know, I got to see you have a little flashback on TV with somebody almost rolling up on you. Yeah, well, you know, some people are just naturally gifted, Matt, like I am. And I was (laughs) able to see that coming and use my elite initial quickness. You should actually do a breakdown of, of, of my tape from last night. It's funny because I know how fast they can get to you, Matt, and I have no interest in getting injured whatsoever so i usually bail very quickly but daniel jones started to throttle down a little bit as he was going out of bounds so i didn't think anything of it really i was backing up a little bit and then xavier woods pushed him and daniel jones went tell and i went whoa (laughs) i i kind of (laughs) high-stepped it and do whatever I could. I got hit. I don't know if it was the parabolic Mike guy or Daniel Jones that hit me in the leg. I think it was Daniel Jones hit me in the leg, but I kind of used that momentum to keep my feet going. It was kind of kind of funny. But no, thank you for saying that. By the way, last night's yeah, game in the NFL was the Giants and the Cowboys. And one guy that played for both those teams, Martellus Bennett. So how about a word from Martellus Bennett, a professor at the Dos Equis College Football Football College. Hey, college football fans, Martellus Bennett here. Do you want to win every football argument this season, dominate every debate, become a pigskin prodigy? Then enroll in a Dos Equis College Football Football College, where you'll learn from football insiders like me, Jay Cutler, Katie Nolan, and Arthur John Bacon, the man who wrote the book on college football. So be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll in Dos Equis College Football Football College at dosequis.com backslash edu. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Copyright 2019 Dos Equis Beer Brands. Official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Finally. There's a football beer school for me. 
Thanks, Martellus. Matt, uh, so what was your breakdown of my athleticism and quick feet there um, last night? Hey, man, I was pretty impressed with that. I mean, it didn't seem like it bugged you at all, which was totally like, you know, on par, par for the course for an offensive lineman. You know, I'd say that you and the cat were the stars of the game. You know, and it's funny, I'm going to say this as well on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. I have a regret from last night. I wish I would have tried to go capture the cat or at least at least scurry the cat off the field. Everybody just stood there for a while. It's all anybody's talking about today. Think about how viral I would have gone if I ran out there on the field and tried to get the cat off the field. I mean, that would have been legendary. Yeah, Absolutely a missed <laughs> Absolutely. opportunity, unfortunately for me. I think you're – but, but yes, this, the black cat. I was on TV a couple times. One time, Janoris Jenkins made a play right near me. Kind of, that, that was a rare uh, – I, I got a lot of TV time last Monday uh, for, for, for a Monday night game. Yeah, man, more, more Giants games for you, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, all right, so up next – Let's get to these games. Unbelievable weekend of games. And I'm not just talking about the battle of unbeatens between Princeton and Dartmouth that everybody's talking about. I'm also talking about uh, some of these other games that we've got going, including a little one called LSU, Alabama. You might have heard of them at some point along the lines uh, there's about a million prospects in this game, Matt, that we obviously could talk about. Let's start with cornerback Christian Fulton. Yeah, and certainly we've talked about a good bit of these guys leading up to this this episode. And with Christian Fulton, listen, as a guy that was certainly an NFL prospect last year, decided to um, stay at LSU for another year. He's smooth. He's fluid. He's got that quick transition with his hips. He really glides when he has to move laterally, and he can funnel defenders well to the boundary when he's covering them on the perimeter and when they play perimeter routes. He plays tight throughout the route, you know, and um, he he has he can get a little handsy like a lot of tight cover corners can, but um, I think it depends on how well he maintains his stride. When he's step for step, um, he does – he does pretty well, but if he gets in danger of maybe banging somebody's knees, that's when the hand handsiness kind of comes out in his game. But he's timely with his jams. Um, he's he's and he figures out a way to do it where it's not just a, a pattern. It's not always just immediately at the line. He figures out ways to disrupt receivers when they think they're about to finish something um, that they want to do to pull off a move on him. Um, I think he's very he has very good timing as an off coverage defender. I think he comes over the top pretty well to attack high and knock the ball away. Um, you know, as a tackler, you know, as a cornerback, listen, he drops his head a little too early. He prefers to cut guys rather than wrap up. Um, so he's a, he's a little bit of a danger there when it comes to um, the open field and he has to stop the, the first man. Um, that, that may not always happen because he doesn't wrap up very well. Um, but he's very good, you know, even on, you know, as a, run, as a blitzer, corner blitzes, he disguises well. He's a good feel for the ball, digs out low throws. You know, this is an intelligent cornerback who, if anything, just gets a little too aggressive one-on-one when he's trying to cut off a vertical target. He can mistime his attack and, and get a little handsy. But 
he definitely has NFL ability. They uh, they call him DBU. I know there's some other schools that try to lay claim to that as well, but they absolutely call him DBU there at LSU, and he is uh, a terrific player. We've talked about Delpit and some of the other guys. I am really curious. I don't, I don't want to say running back's your specialty, Matt, but is it fair to say running back uh, and evaluating running backs is your greatest passion? Yeah, I think you've nailed that. It absolutely is. So very curious uh, with that being the case to get your thoughts on Alabama running back Najee Harris. Had a chance to meet with him at the U.S. Army Bowl a few years ago. He is a really big, great-looking kid. Very physically impressive. Had kind of an interesting personality uh, when we interviewed him. Uh, But I'm curious as to what your evaluation and breakdown is. Yeah, I mean, when you look at him in that 6'2", 230 range, and he's someone that has really pretty pretty darn good bend for his size, and it helps him with lateral cuts, which was something that I didn't really see a lot of last year. Last year, I felt like maybe he he, he wasn't someone that, that did a great job in terms of moving as, as well as he does right as he did this year. I don't know. There's a little bit of improvement with that to the point that it kind of reminds me a little bit of, to me, the standard of a guy who was in the 230-pound range who could really drop his hips and had really great smooth fluid change of direction in a lateral way at that size was pre-injury Eddie George. Eddie George was the type of back who it was he just had phenomenal movement you know, when he first came into the league. Um, Harris tracks the ball well as a, as a route runner and a, and a pass catcher. You can use him on intermediate and vertical routes, which is really impressive for a guy his size. Um, and he's someone that presses the line pretty well. He just needs to figure out the different type of footwork options that are most efficient um, to be able to make cuts and changes of direction versus penetration or defenders getting leverage at the line of scrimmage and him finding that next hole because oftentimes he relies on jump stops. And, and you see that with a lot of young running backs where you know the first reaction is kind of the most dramatic reaction. And as they get better in, at um, the game and get more refined at it and work on their different types of footwork tools, they become a little bit more efficient and, and they can just simply use one step instead of hop towards the line and not collide into the back of their linemen or jump into the penetrator. You'd see Kenyon Drake was a great example of a fellow alumnus at Alabama who used to do that all the time in his first year, year and a half at Miami and has really gotten better and more efficient with his footwork and his game's starting to take off a little bit more, even though it got disguised a little bit with what's going on in Miami. Um, but, you know, Overall, he's very patient with um, certain types of runs. You know, um, gap plays like counter plays are pretty good with, he's pretty good at being able to show a level of patience that he needs to. And of course, he's going to bounce off defenders. He pulls through wraps against linebackers, bounces off safeties. He's going to push the pile. He's going to have people not really want to take the angles that they should later in games. Um, and he's someone that, it, you know, overall has the, the size, speed, quickness, and strength combination that you're looking for. And I think that the refinement of his game in terms of patience level and footwork choices to make his changes of direction more efficient to reach the 
the creases he wants to find are going to get there. Uh, looking forward to seeing him in this matchup for sure, especially with the uh, the LSU linebacker who's now not playing in the game. Um, what about uh, Devontae Smith? I've heard people say that this Alabama receiving uh, trio, receiving core, whatever, might be the best in college football history, which is uh, quite a lot of praise. What do you see from Devontae Smith, who's part of that threesome? Yeah, Ross, that's pretty crazy that they're putting them up there like that. I mean, it's a it's a it's a flattering compliment to the ability of those three guys, and they certainly are excellent young prospects. And Devonta Smith, I mean, listen, you know, he's the smallest of the bunch. I mean, he has he has very good quickness, but he plays like a bigger man. And and in the way that I think in college you saw a guy like Paul Richardson, Washington's receiver, and early on in Seattle play kind of like a bigger man at the catch point, um, especially on those fade routes and 50-50 type of routes in the in the end zone. Um, Smith has that ability with, you know, to be able to go up and win the ball. He has a good feel um, for winning the ball in the air and he doesn't, but he doesn't quite have that otherworldly body control we've seen from Richardson on occasion, but he tracks the ball well over his head. He's very good with start stop types of movement. And because of his quickness, that really gives him an edge in terms of separating from the line of scrimmage with his one step and three step footwork he has very sudden stops and transitions as a runner so that he can make people miss and then continue into an open area. Um, and then he also just snatches the football well. And, and I think that there's some nice promise with his route running in terms of knowing how and when to take the back of the defender and get into their toes you know, on more vertical-oriented routes to force them to to turn and get a little bit uncomfortable with with the line that they're standing on and then being able to to widen that stem and then break into the open area. So this is a, a receiver that you that you see oftentimes in the slot, but you can also use him outside. And he has the has the speed and I think the the emerging route skills to develop into a guy who could maybe play in multiple roles at the NFL. Let's move on to another game. There are some other pretty good games as well. We can get to. Kansas State and Texas. Kansas State obviously had the big upset over the Oklahoma Sooners. And Texas always has some talent. We've talked about, you know, their quarterback, um, the big receiver, Colin Johnson. What about uh, wide receiver Devin DuVernay? Yeah, DuVernay is fun, you know, and he's having a nice year. This year, he's, he's a speedy guy with a running back kind of frame. He's in that 5'11", 210-pound range. And you can see that he knows how to use that kind of running back frame after the catch. He drops his pads well. He splits defenders um, when he's in the open field or in traffic. He generates you know, the ability to push and break tackles on defensive backs. And there's a really notable burst to his game and tight transition. So this helps him earn yards downfield after the catch. And oftentimes when you see guys in the college game who are runners after the catch, they tend to square up and try and make a couple of moves. And in the NFL, they figure out pretty quickly that they're losing yards when they do that. And Duvernay is not going to have that problem. He attacks creases with violence and decisiveness. And he's someone that's going to be able to break tackles and, and push a pile. He tells stories pretty well with his stem. So in terms of knowing where to dive inside or outside 
to set up the, the defensive back and then be able to um, make an open break. And he tracks the ball well over his head. He's someone that at full speed, he can lay out for a deep ball, track it over his head, make the catch. He made a really nice catch last year in a game where he laid out like an outfielder. It was it was a beautiful sight. And he certainly has a sideline awareness in his game as well. Um, he just has to learn how to drag his feet. And, you know, certain times, younger receivers oftentimes kind of punctuate their steps into the boundary as opposed to dragging the toes and learning how to do that. And that's something that he's going to have to learn how to do. But he adjusts well to targets that are, you know, behind his break point um, or adjusts his body on on wider routes to make the catch while working downhill. And, you know, as a blocker, I think also as long as he gets chest to chest, he can be a really tough out for them um, in the run game. And you just want to see a greater variety of routes with him, um, you know, in terms of, you know, hard breaks where he has to execute hard breaks on three or four steps where you break back to the ball and work on it, sinking his hips a little bit more. But this is a guy that has some promise as a flanker, maybe as a slot guy, um, and he's going to do well for you on plays where you get him out in the space and, and let him run a little bit. And, and I think that he's going to have a lot of uses for some teams in the NFL. Um, let's get to a couple of K-State guys that I don't know a whole lot about, which is one of the fun things about this show. How about running back? We talked earlier about your uh, affinity for running backs. James Gilbert from K-State. Yeah, I mean, James Gilbert was a Ball State guy alongside the guy we talked about last week, Damon Hazleton. Um, and he played four years at K-State. He got an injury waiver, and and he ends up you know, now at the K-State program. He's a smart runner who knows how to play in zone or gap. He's a smaller guy. They list him at 5'8 in the 195-pound range. I'm not sure he's that, you know, he's he's near that height. I be, wouldn't be surprised if he's in the 5'6 to 5'7 range. Um, he shows good balance with patience and urgency. He has a very good stiff arm that he can use to set up the edge and, and win against linebackers. So he has a good feel for leverage in terms of working around the corner and being able to knock guys down who are pursuing him. Um, he's a he's a pretty good cut blocker and stand-up blocker who times his shots pretty well in the passing game, um, delivers with good height in terms of the cut blocks, also delivers the uppercut well and gets square on outside linebackers and defensive ends. So for even for his short stature, he's willing to get his nose in there and do it in a technically pretty sound way to get some good results. And he has enough burst to beat safeties around the edge or outside runs. He's not going to push the pile off, and I don't think he has – top end speed, but he's someone that might be able to have a shot um, as a as a third down back, two-minute drill type of back. Think of guys like Jalen Richard, um, you know, who are out there, or J.D. McKissick, um, you know, with the Lions, and, and I think that James Gilbert might have a shot in that realm because he's a tough, smart runner who does, you know, pass protection and catches the ball pretty well. He, they also have a pretty good linebacker, and his name is Elijah Sullivan. Yeah, Elijah Sullivan actually kind of went to school around where I grew up in Atlanta, a little school about, known as Tucker High School. Um, I think Patrick Pass, former running back for the Patriots, went there. But uh, Elijah Sullivan was a, a pretty good prospect coming out of high school who you know has pretty has speed. He has the size you're looking for. He's a patient short yardage goal line player who times his attacks of gaps pretty well. He doesn't get washed away by the line. He tends to to show enough patience, but blended with the urgency you need to, to find the crease, 
and be able to hit it and and meet the the runner at the line of scrimmage or behind it. He he's pretty good at stacking, shedding, and shooting against blockers in the open field when he buzzes to the flat. Um, he plays combo blocks well. So when you know when guards or centers are working in in tandem and working up to the linebacker. He, he presses the angle that they want to take or they think they're going to take and, and gives them that angle and then bounces just outside of them um, just as the, as the garter center is disengaging and then works upfield. Um, he wraps well in the open field. I think he plays his role pretty well when it comes to taking out linemen with a good hit. He'll come in there and deliver a good punch if he has to lower the pads and just kind of sacrifice himself a little bit to move the, the lineman away from the crease to give his teammate a clear lane to attack. He does that pretty well in a disciplined way, um, and he can clog gaps up to force ball carriers to find other lanes. And I think he has a pretty good pop in terms of his movement. Um, I just don't think he uses his hands as well as he should. He's, it's, it's no surprise that when he uses his hands well, he stays clean. When he doesn't, um, he, he can get a little too intent on trying to bludgeon um, – lineman and and even as a blitzer that tends to happen and and it's a point where he could use a little more finesse and i think he could win as a blitzer in ways that he doesn't right now um but he's patient in coverage he transitions well he's just had a number of injuries that have cost him playing time during his career and he earned a medical wet red shirt as well just like um gilbert there but this is a guy that i know that the team really says you need to keep an eye on in terms of his abilities. And you can see evidence of that on the field when he's playing. So there is another matchup of undefeated teams, and this one's in the Big Ten. It's Penn State. It's Minnesota. It's a noon ABC game. Biggest Minnesota game I can remember in in quite some time. And i got to be honest with you, Matt, I don't know that much about the Golden Gophers. I'm just starting to read up on them because I do some – Penn State football media around here in central Pennsylvania. So I'm really looking forward to your breakdown of some of their guys. And we'll start with wide receiver Tyler Johnson. Yeah, he's probably their most well-known skill prospect for sure. And and he has some promises, a quick game receiver. He has terrific body control and, and setup of stems and breaks on routes. Um, he has a great pace variation against off coverage, and he wins the ball well over his head and and wins it well when he's tight to defenders in coverage. And he has some skill, you know, you see some skill there with fade routes in a way where he there's some maturity there that he'll he'll work more and push towards the vertical area first. And even when he gets a little separation, he'll continue vertical first to force the defender to chase him a little bit vertically and then break to the, work to the outside when the ball's over his head. So there's some patience there, and that gives him more room to the sideline. It gives more room for the quarterback to throw it with accuracy, and he's not always pinned to the boundary. So it's really nice, refined area that I like highlighting about a, a young receiver's game. He has some beautiful double moves that he can sell and attack the ball, and he's a willing blocker who locks on and maintains balance is the guy that once he gets a grip on you, you can try to re- redirect against him, but he's going to stay with you pretty pretty darn well. Um, he tr- transitions appropriately after the catch like Duvernay. You know, efficient turns, protects the ball well. I just think there's some excel- there questions about his acceleration and speed. I mean, I can see why when I watch the film that when he's chasing out to help a teammate like Bateman, who's the other receiver, who's a, an underclassman, who's probably – even more promising of a of a prospect. 
but he's not chasing a guy like Bateman after the catch or maybe working as a ball carrier or route runner. Uh, I have questions about whether he has the speed or acceleration that NFL teams are going to feel good about. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if his time at the combine is a, is um, a little underwhelming, um, and which is why probably when you look at the refinement of his game with the double moves and with the ability to make plays and tight coverage, that maybe some people haven't seen that or it's disguised a little bit with the production that he has there. Um, he can lose some concentration inside the hash if he catches a glimpse of a linebacker dropping or heading for him. But overall, he's a good um, pass catcher, um, and I think that he's someone that overall might be able to help out a team, whether it's special teams or um, developing into a flanker or a big slot receiver if he has enough speed there. But he's a guy that I'm most interested in seeing either in an all-star circuit or during the combine and seeing how he times because I think that's going to determine a lot about what his upside is as an athlete. Okay, um, and they have a running back as well for you to break down, which is glorious. That is Muhammad Ibrahim. What do you got on Muhammad Ibrahim? Yeah, and, and Muhammad Ibrahim is actually it's kind of interesting because Rodney Smith is the leading rusher for this team, and he's a senior, and he's a shifty back with good quickness and someone that you want to keep an eye on that most people will talk about. But Ibrahim um, filled in for Rodney Smith, and he's a redshirt sophomore who they also have another talented back behind it and behind them on the depth chart. And Ibrahim's a redshirt sophomore had um, over 200 yards against Georgia Tech in their college in their uh, quick lane bowl last year. And they use him a lot in the red zone. He's a downhill one cut runner with um, who does really well in split zone and inside zone runs. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more setup at the edge when he makes cutbacks or one-on-one, he could use a little bit more finesse because really his game right now is he's a jackhammer. He, he has enough first to reach the secondary and turn that short corner on, on, on plays on the perimeter. Um, but what he does is best is just attack opponents downhill, hit the crease hard, run through hits from linebackers and safeties, stay on his feet really against all levels of opponents. And, and he helps his, his linemen push him um, for extra yards. He's a, he's a really good player to set up pile pushing and, and he's, you know, even though he's gets you into the secondary, he's obviously not a speedster. He's going to get you the gain of 45, 55 yards if, you know, everything's perfect and he gets into the secondary untouched, but someone's going to chase him down. Um, you know, but he's a decent receiver. You can catch the ball well on, on, on the check down routes that you're looking for. And, you know, I think he can do some serviceable work in the NFL. One of the things that, that, um, one of my colleagues who writes for me at the Rookie Scouting Portfolio, Jay Moyer, who's been a, a, a high school coach for the running game, you know, for about seven or eight years out in San Francisco. One of the things that he talks about a lot is that players tend to um, good running backs in the NFL who are kind of sleeper type of prospects aren't the aren't the top end athletes that we often see drafted in the later rounds, but it's the guys who may not have the greatest athletic profile but have a really great complement of conceptual and technical skills at their game um, who tend to make it the Peyton Barbers, the, the priest Holmes type of players who may not be wonderful in the athletic profile aspect, but uh, are smart runners. And I think Mohammed Ibrahim is on that level. And I think that, you know, he and Rodney Smith, Rodney Smith's going to be heard about a little bit more, but Ibrahim's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he has a similar or longer career. Yeah, and Rodney Smith, this is his sixth year. 
He's been there since 2014. Yeah. He actually did very well against Penn State back in 2016 when Penn State won in overtime against Minnesota and really propelled them on the run that they've been on the last few years. Speaking of Penn State, let's get to their D-tackle, Robert Windsor. He's having a really nice year. I actually thought, Matt, when I saw him initially as a recruit, I thought he might end up on the offensive side of the ball. He has surprised me with how well he's played and how productive he's been on the D-line for Penn State. Yeah, Windsor's fun to watch. I mean, he's got a, you know, he's a high motor guy in terms of really making, you know, effort following through plays, um, never really giving up. I mean, he doesn't have great burst, you know, he doesn't have great footwork, but, you know, again, you look at his game, he's a strong guy who, you know, you put him over the guard um, and and one-on-one and he's going to be able to get a push He's gonna. He has enough quickness to get his arms over or, or rip and rush to the quarterback. He closes ground pretty well in a short area, um, and he's he's even though he may not be the the top athlete of the bunch in terms of his what you see on the line, he's he's consistently one of the quicker linemen off the ball on that Penn State unit, um, and he's someone that has good hand position on defenders. He can lock out and get a push use his hands a little bit more independently than what you often see with some linemen and he can follow up with a swipe and, 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 and be able to get that work to the ball carrier. Yes. You know, he has some cleanup sacks that you often see um, when there's edge pressure that funnels the quarterback to him. And I think he has a decent first step to, to earn that penetration and skilled at time in his hands, you know, when the quarterback is releasing the football. So it's a smart player who has, I think, enough physical skills that he's going to earn some consideration in a camp and might be able to surprise because of the progress that he's made over the course of his career and where you could see him continuing to take his game as being, you know, big enough, strong enough, quick enough, and technically sound um, to be able to make an impact. Loving that Matt's always breaking down these big games in the different television windows. For those of you that like to make a wager at a place, like betonline.ag, where you can simply use that glorious promo code PODCAST1 for a 50%, that's big, 5-0 welcome bonus. If you haven't tried it yet, why not, man? Not only that, you're going to get 100 bucks in your account. When I finally win this darn PODCAST1 Sportsnet Challenge, I usually send in my picks on Tuesday. I'm about to do that Right now, uh, it's podcast1sportsnet.com. You can also check out me and my picks over there. At Ross Tucker NFL is my Twitter. It's betonline.ag. It's the promo code podcast1. That is the key. Again, promo code podcast1 at betonline.ag. It's a Tuesday which means Power Ranking Tuesday on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast and part one of the awesome Fantasy Feast Podcast with Joe Dolan, number one ranked fantasy analyst. And there's a lot to get to today because there's a lot of teams that have buys. So make sure you're all over that as well. Other than that, yeah, I think we're done here. 
Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.